good, guys. We are back. Yeah, welcome to the number one podcast, the last set podcast. Um, dude, Santos versus Walker last uh, last Sunday. I, I found it a bit boring, I'll be honest. I was literally going to say that. It wasn't the best fight in the world. I mean, especially not for light heavyweight, but if you have, if you understand the context of both of those fighters, you would understand why both of them are perhaps would be a little bit gun shy, considering the fact that both t- both fighters have had a bit of a fall from grace, especially Santos. Especially Santos, considering you know he was the one that people believe also could have beat John Jones because of the fact that when he fought John Jones a few years back. He had one of the score, score one of the judges scored in his favor, yep. and he clipped both of his ACLs, and then no, he MCL on one, ACL on the other. There we go, and then he lost to Glover Teixeira. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't the best of uh, times for him. And then we got Johnny Walker, the guy who, for a while, I remember when I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast, and people were like, "Oh, he was the one that's going to beat. He's the one that's going to beat John Jones, or could possibly potentially yeah. beat John Jones." It was just he was so hyped up. So yeah, the only reason why I reckon they were talking about Johnny because he was a bit unorthodox and that was very similar to John Jones because he was a bit unorthodox. Um, and a lot of those spinning elbows came out of nowhere and things like that. But the main thing with Walker, why he was so hyped up was that he could have matched up well for John Jones because John Jones at light heavyweight, he had height and he had reach and that was one of his best attributes other than his fight IQ. Um, and, and they thought that like, Walker could then neutralize that frame that John Jones always puts out there before he goes into any exchanges. But he, Walker was a bit too green. Mm. Quite, still quite a young fighter still, but he, a bit too green. And then he was going to fight Thiago Santos. Um, Santos has been on a, a decent losing skid. And we were expecting, you know, Walker, Walker's hyping up and says, we're going to go to hell and back. Fuck, I didn't see he- Helen back there. It was boring as yeah. fuck. Like, um, so from, from round one to round five, it was just fake, 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 fake. Break up the fakes with a, a, like a singular strike. No combinations. Fake, 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 fake. Santos might have, in those later rounds, maybe round four or five, started to hit a little bit harder. I actually think Walker won the fight. Really? I actually think Walker won the fight. I thought that Santos won the fight, but... Obviously, it was but I just thought he was just a little bit more active. I I felt Walker was. If you look at the significant stripes, Walker was actually got more volume, um, especially in those in those first few rounds. But I think, I think Santos in those last, especially that round five, he started to like he started to pour on a little bit more, empty out that gas tank because there are those light heavyweights are they they are a little bit gun shy because they don't want to uh exhaust themselves because yeah. usually if you exhaust yourself then that that's when you go out the when they're pushed down to the ground and they're going to get tapped out because they're just going to roll over give their back they're going to be absolutely exhausted and they're, they're going to tap and uh, or even just tap the strikes and things like that yeah i think it was the f- i feel like when they got to those last two rounds both fighters admitted that you know this is really boring it, not we neither of us is sure if we've won this fight, we need to fucking up the pressure a little bit. And then that's yeah. usually what happened. I mean, there were some good exchanges, but there was nothing like in particular that really like, you know, stood out. There was no... It didn't uh, It didn't show you like ne- num- next number one contender. No. It didn't, it didn't show like... The interesting f- thing for me is that Tiago Santos said, um, you know, he said, oh, I want to have a great fight with Walker to, you know... I, can't, he, see, I don't know if he's got something against Alexander Rakic, but he finds Alexander Rakic quite boring. And he says, we're going to put on a fucking hell of a show because I can't believe Alexander Rakic has got the, the... He's boring and he's got the next number one contender spot. And I went, well, that's not the right way to... That's not the right way to, to put it. To I actually don't think Alexander Rakic is boring at all. No, I think very he's explosive very, fighter. Correct. I just think he's very, very concise. He's not looking for those completely flashy... Um, you know, moves. Not reckless. Not no. reckless. Reckless abandon and things like that. Um, he's uh, very calculated yeah. though. I would fi- I would think so. And sometimes when people are very good at leg kicks, then they will then they'll use it if that's your strength. Then yeah. fucking go for it. Butcher those legs. But Thiago Santos, um, he's very good at closing the distance with that right hand. And he started to do that in the fourth and fifth round. It was just too late. It was too late. They were just they kept faking each other. Had well too much respect for each other. And you could see when the fight ended. They just laughed and smiled and gave each other a hug yeah. and and they, they had too much respect for each other. Maybe even 
even cordial respect, like as in they're 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 even friendly with each other. And then Johnny fucking lost the fight to unanimous decision. He was just smiling. He was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And I'm like, "If you're if you just lost a, a fight like that, you'd be devastated." But he was he was gave too much respect to uh, Thiago Santos, and and sometimes when you give too much respect to someone's power and ability, then yeah. you don't really have confidence in your own, and then that means you you get a pretty stagnant fight when both sides of the coin feel the exact same way about each other. Yeah, I don't feel like, you know, they, I don't feel like under, maybe they didn't fully understand the gravity of the situation that was going on. Like, you do realise that both of those fights, like the light heavyweight division is not the most exciting division. It's a little bit stagnant now yeah. that John left. And th- there's been a few players that have pop- yeah, popped I mean, up, like Yuri Prohaska, Alexander Rakic. We're seeing Anthony yeah. Smith making a, a, a big a big change. We've got Jimmy Crute. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we've got some interesting fighters coming up, but it's like you say, it's a bit, it's a bit dull. Without the John Jones controversy yeah. and Dan, Daniel Cormier and Which things we're like get that, to later on, we Jordan, will get. We're gonna get to because that's gonna be one of my favorite topics to talk about. Yeah, but without that kind of controversy and these, uh, and that kind of trash talk, the light heavyweights, although they've got a really good blend between ability, speed, and like power and things mm. like that, it's um, it can be a little bit stagnant right now. It can go from moments to being hot in waters and then it can be go from moments to being completely dull. Yeah. And I felt like when we had John Jones leave, there was a moment where it was very, very hot. You know, all these people were scrambling to get to the top now mm. that John Jones had left because he vacated the belt. But now it's kind of just, you know, it's a bit, uh, it's a bit, uh, you know, it needs something more, fl- it needs some more fresh fighters. Into I, the I think the fighters today in the light heavyweight division are better. It's just the entertainment factor isn't quite there yet i know that jan blackowicz and glover to share like they're very good but jan doesn't talk very much he's a very soft-spoken polish guy glover to fuck he's like a hundred years old he's not going to say anything bad about anyone mm-hmm. um so yuri prohaska is like the type of dude who likes to go meditate in forests y- yuri is actually and and rakic i would say are the most interesting mm-hmm. there and i think that fight has to happen yeah, we talked about that fight in the past, but it never came to fruition. Apparently, well, it was offered. Uh, it was offered to Rakic, and Rakic said no, and that was because Yiri was kind of an unknown fighter. He only had maybe one fight, mm. uh, one win in the in the UFC. And to be honest, if I understand Rakic's like point of view, he was like, "This guy's got one fight in the UFC. Yes, he's a big name in Asia and things like that, and he's got a lot of hype around him, but." What does that really give me? He hasn't really built up his name for me to then take his hype and build myself up. So he said no. And then when Yuri came up to a point where he was actually higher than Rakic and offered the fight, and and Yuri was just like, well, no, because I just fought more recent than him. Mm -hmm. It looks like I'm getting the number number one contender spot. Rakic doesn't want to fight me, so why should I offer it? Exactly. And, And... there's a little bit of that with uh, Dan Hooker um, and uh, and a few different fighters. Yeah. You know, is that uh, is uh, comes to mind with uh, with a, a few fighters like RDA and things like that because originally they didn't want to fight them because he wasn't a big name. Now he is a big name, and Islam doesn't want to fight them because yeah. it doesn't get him anywhere. So it's uh, it, it's an interesting predicament. But with with Santos winning, great because he was in a fucking shit skid. Yeah. He's it had a rough one. I mean... Again, some of the fucking best, by the way. Yeah. Well, one thing I would like, because Thiago Santos was just saying, oh, you know, Dana, let me renew... Let's talk. Let me renew my contract. That's not a fight to lead that off, to yeah. be honest. But yeah. you can't do much about it. If, you're, if your contract's up, your contract's up. Yeah. But uh, if he is going to negotiate, he needs to uh, probably put on better performances than Correct. the Walker one. And you know, I honestly thought to myself, I was looking for the rankings. I was thinking to myself, you know, before I was writing my notes on this, I was like, who are really good for um, for Tiago to fight and for mm-hmm. Johnny to fight for Tiago? Uh, you know, I think he's going to fight who? Dominic Reyes. That, that's an interesting fight Because there. both of those fighters fought John Jones. Everyone thought Dominic beat um, John Jones. Mm-hmm. I personally was one of them. And uh, everyone I believe th- that as and well. And a lot of people even believe that Tiago beat John Jones. But I mean, there was, there's a few out. There's a f- you can make. Tiago was close, but it was close. Both of them were very, very close. To say you, least. You could even make the argument for Tiago is he pushed through when he had two blown knees. Yeah. If he didn't have that injury during the fight, which is a big if. Yeah. 
that fight maybe could have gone a different way. Correct. And that's why I believe that they sh- those two should fight because both men are tr- pretty much fighting to regain the glory which they once had, especially Dominic Reyes has definitely fallen off the radar a lot lately, you know, after two straight losses. Mm. You know, it's kind of, especially since he's such a likable guy and it, I pretty much really respect him and all that he's been through in his adversity, you know, and I really believe that those two should have a, have a fight together because then that way they can get them back in the number one contender spot. Him and Tiago have a very similar story in the fact that they they were given that opportunity, number one contender, going to fight John Jones, number one pound for pound. Mm-hmm. Greatest to ever do it, right? If we not take in, into account the steroids and all that shit, mm-hmm. right? Um, which is a, a big question mark on his career. Mm-hmm. They've had a fairly close fight. Reyes, yeah. I believe he won th- round uh, three rounds to two. Tiago Santos, I could say, is probably the opposite. I'd say he he lost three rounds but won two. Yeah, and uh, and, th- and that makes a fight close, right? Yeah. Um, after that fight, that's when their skid happened. Yeah, they felt like they were maybe owed a victory, or they did so well against the pound for pound, a pound for pound greatest that they were expecting, you know, great things afterwards. That they were going to run through these other uh, other contenders, and then when they met these. His opposition, yeah, hasn't gone their way. You know, Reyes having having the loss against um, Blackowicz, which is not a bad loss since he's an, he's the champion, yeah. and against Yuri Bahaska, who's the controversially the number one contender. Yeah. Then there's Thiago Santos, and how many? Uh, what what fight losing skid was he on before? Four fight losing Four fight skid. Losing skid, yeah. Um, before he he's now beat beat Walker, like you know, oh, sorry, it, three, 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 three fight yeah. losing streak. Um, and then he's he's beaten Walker to to reverse that streak now. So look, it's they're very similar. Um, so I'd like to see who is the better fighter of the two. Yeah. And I'd, I'd love to see Thiago Santos versus um, Dominic Reyes. That's a fucking sick fight. Yeah, fucking so, sick fight. So now I'm gonna do one even better for Johnny Walker. You know who oh. I believe Johnny Walker should fight? Uh, Anthony Smith. Nope. Jimmy Crute. Nope. Your boy Paul Craig. Oh, yeah, I'd love because to see Paul that. Craig, he's rising in those ranks. I mean, I don't believe Johnny Walker should fight anyone above him. Mm. I reckon he should fight someone below him who's deserving of a higher spot. Yeah, yeah. And I reckon the also the reason why is because Johnny Walker's got a very unorthodox style standing up. It's rare that we see him on the ground. Now, Very Paul, rare. Very rare. And we know how good Paul Craig is on the ground. Jamal Hill snapped that arm. He's very good. Especially off his back. God. There you go. And he's... Ridiculously strong as well. Mm. So I want to see how Johnny Walker responds to someone like Paul Craig on the ground. That that's an interesting matchup because we haven't really seen that before. No. We haven't really seen that. Usually it's it's fight friendly matches where they're gonna be standing on their feet. That would be cool to see. I'm saying, Paul, if we if we call this fight if this fight ends up happening, I'm saying we called it, mate. <laughs> Come on the podcast. <laughs> um Anyway, yeah. So with, with with the whole fights and all that coming up, and then we got a big year ahead of us. Mm-hmm. It's not. It has also been a big year of controversies as well. And yeah, I would yeah. say the most interesting, or the most intriguing, and the most definitely the, one of the most controversial things actually happened on the weekend, because I think this is the first time this has ever happened. I can't remember. Wait, no. Both there was a time a while ago when two fighters were knocked out. And then it was considered a contest. But never have we seen a fighter being headbutted, then and choked out, yeah. and then have his win overturned into a no contest. Yeah, they've used uh, instant replay, which often um, they don't, even though they have the opportunity to use it, they don't really use it. Um, and it's a good idea to use it because the ref can actually go back and see it and then uh, reverse the decision. So Kevin... Um, they, they were having interesting exchanges on, on the feet. And then, you know, Kevin's had an accidental headbutt by Kyle, right? He came in close distance, headbutt. Mm-hmm. Um, flash KO, Kevin's out. He he uh, he has no idea what's going on. He doesn't remember any of the attempts he did on the ground or anything like that. And um, Kyle takes his back and he chokes him out. Now, after after that happens, after he gets submitted... Then we have a look back and we see the instant replay and we see the, the flash cam. We can see Kevin's clearly out. And because it's accidental, then they, they are forced to 
reverse that decision uh, and make it a no contest. Wow. Yeah, now, I just... It's unusual because it's never happened before. My, what, what, I mean, first of all, what was your take? Do you reckon it should have been overturned? Because it, I'm on the ropes about it. It's an interesting thing because I was playing with that, the, the, that thought this morning. Now, I was thinking with Kevin, if you put... If we go on both sides of the coin, so like Kevin Holland, he's been flash KO'd by an accidental headbutt, was essentially an illegal, illegal strike. Mm-hmm. Same as being kneed on the floor, mm-hmm. right? Then while he's being knocked out and concussed, he's then being choked out. He has no memory of it and he has no idea what's going on. In my mu- mind, when I'm looking in Kevin's favor, that is, I definitely agree, should be a no contest, mm-hmm. right? Because he was clearly already knocked knocked out by an illegal strike. That's like, if we put it in, the, in another way, it could be, uh, what about an illegal uh, elbow to the back of the head? Downwards elbow to the back of the head, completely knock someone out. You can see they're they're, they're stumbling, they're they're not conscious, and the guy puts them in a guillotine and chokes them out and leaves them on the floor. Now, clearly it's an illegal strike that's completely made him unconscious. And then you've then used that opportunity while he's defenseless and vulnerable to then choke him out. It would has to be a no contest, and it has to be run back. Yeah. If you look in Carl's uh, favor, Carl did it accidentally. He yeah. didn't mean to, yeah. right? He really didn't mean to. Um, and the ref hasn't seen it, which is what the ref's job. That's not his job to stop, right? Some fighters might do that, mm-hmm. but it's not his fault, right? It's the ref's decision. Uh, I think it was Don Mergulada um, who, who was taking care of that, right? Carl, Carl may not have known what was going on in that situation, right? But he's he's cl- the, his opponent's clearly knocked out, mm. right? The ref hasn't stopped anything. If the ref hasn't stopped something, what's his job to do? Continue the fight and stop the fight whenever he can. Carl then goes on, tries to submit, tries to submit him, succeeds. He's then succeeded. He's thought he's done done well. The ref's decision was to didn't do anything because they were still fighting, right? And he didn't notice it. That's not Carl's fault. Yeah. So should he be robbed of that? Since he did submit him, although there was an illegal strike that made his opponent very vulnerable and concussed beforehand. So if if you look on both sides, you know, you can see where each other's perspective is. But in my opinion, I think the best way is to make it a no contest because it was an illegal strike before that happened. Right there, you go. That's, that's I'm glad you brought that because that was in my notes. Because I thought to myself, because the ref didn't see it, the fight kept going. Right, and I felt as if it was it was just an accidental headbutt, and mm. he gets knocked down, he hits the ground, fine. Yeah. But because Kevin Holland continued to keep going, so he kept going, and there was a time, brief time, where you know Carl was trying to get in that uh, get in the submission, and he was constantly resisting. And he kept on resisting for about a strong, about a good minute at least until he was up against the cage. So clearly he was conscious. Mm. So clearly he was fighting back against it. So that's where the controversy comes in because of how much he tried to fight back. He tried to keep the fight going. But then it was till after the fight he'd lost and submitted, he was like, okay, oh, cool, oh, cool. And then the refs just checked through, checked through the VR. I just thought to myself, it was a weird situation. However, there's two more points. If... He just was headbutted and he hit the ground and then the ref stopped it. No contest or taking some points or giving some time for uh, Kevin to recover. Then that makes more sense. That would be a more clear-cut situation to, to argue with. But the next thing is um, also well done to Carl because he could have continued to keep striking him whilst he was on the ground. Yeah, very true. And that would have made the situation a million times worse. Definitely. So I feel like, it's again, it's such a complex and weird situation. I do agree with the no. Con- I do agree with the no contest, but I'm not entirely in favour it because I kind of feel a bit sorry for Carl because Carl hasn't done anything wrong. He just wanted to win the fight, right? And, and that's his job. Yeah, just fucking fight. The ref will do do and the rest, right? It's uh, not like a pewter yarn knee to the head, like he wanted to intentionally hurt him. No. He was like, "All right, I'm gonna go for a hit." Oh, it was unintentional. He yeah. didn't mean to. Um, in my mind, I still I still agree with the no contest. The issue to me that is a bit. More important than that is when are we going to see that fight? Because Carl's got his brother, uh, Chris Dorcas, uh, going to be fighting soon. 
Um, so he, he wanted wa- to fight on that card. Yeah, but he, he wants to look after, he wants to train with, mm. with Chris and, and look after him. He also wants to go on holiday and things like that. Kevin, in his mind, is going, what the fuck? If you got a no contest and you're essentially you're only getting show money, you're not getting yeah. win bonus, which is half your money gone. Mm. Surely you want to run it back as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. The next the next week or a couple of weeks for Car- uh, Kevin to recover, right? Um, in my mind, it should be it should be done like the next week or or two weeks enough for Kevin to recover and things like that, and for them then to fight again, right? And, and that means. They'll get double show money, and they'll get they'll still get their win bonus. So in my mind, yeah, Kevin Kevin and Carl should be fighting next week or two weeks after, but uh, that doesn't look like that's going to happen. Carl Carl's made it clear that he doesn't want to fight that soon, so not too sure what's going to happen there. Well, if I if I may say, I feel like they might have it in a in it within the next month. There's still a few spots open. I reckon I'll probably have it on the prelim card I of think, another th- UFC event. I think Carl said he's going on holiday yeah. six weeks. Ugh. So, don't know what's going on there. Probably have it at like the end of the year or the beginning of next Dece- year. December or something like yeah, that? Yeah, why not? December. I mean, finish it off the year. Yeah. Because this, the last card will be on the last UFC fights. Fight night is going to be right towards the end of the year. Don't have the exact confirmation of the date. But I know it's going to be in December, early December. I think yeah. they're going to finish it off then. But there's one more important thing I uh, wanted to bring up as well. In the uh, post-fight interview, Kevin Holland was saying, look, hands off that he wasn't like... He conducted himself really, really well. Look, I understand your frustration, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. I was losing, but... If it was a street fight, he did his job. He yeah. won. Yeah, and then he also said he uh, head-buddied a security guard in high school once. Yeah, Can he you did. believe that? Yeah, he said he was just a bad kid, and yeah. uh, he said that's what that's what he did. That's but what he... Yeah. yeah I mean, he, that's what he used to get up to and do. Yeah, well, I mean, hats off to him. Now, uh, this weekend, uh, we had a massive announcement mm-hmm. in the fight game. The legendary Dan Hooker is going to go and fight now the one fighter in the lightweight division that nobody wants to fight. So you take the most stacked, one of the most stacked divisions mm-hmm. of all time, Shark Tank, absolute Shark Tank of killers and celebrities, not to get, and you take the guy who's now, you know, he's on a bit of a losing skid, and so he's lost his last fight. You know, he didn't, int- he took the one fight against Michael Chandler that nobody wanted to fight, and he called out everyone else for it. Not once, but he's doing the same thing twice. He's going to go fight the one guy that nobody wants to fight in the lower division. He's calling out everybody and can't find a mm-hmm. fight. Islam Makachev, and I cannot say, like, I, I'm going to... I, don't know, I was going to say hats off, but I salute my monster to you, Dan, because <laughs> that has got to be one of the biggest acts of bravery. Like, imagine not being able to see your family recently fighting. Mm. You know, you only fought like a couple of weeks ago. And yep. then Dana comes to you, all right, you're going to fight the one guy that uh, you that no one's to fight. He goes, son of a bitch, I'm in. Yeah, well, they, they call him um, They call him a day after, and Sean Shelby said, uh, we'll sweeten the deal, we'll give you a little bit, make it a little bit more attractive deal for you if you'll step in and fight Mark Jev. And the day before, he literally went, nah, it won't happen, we won't fight, it, it, logistically, it's not going to happen, I'm going back to New Zealand. Um, and uh, the day after, literally, Dan agrees to fight Islam. So it, it's an interesting matchup because Islam, very... I I I... He's definitely, in terms of striking and stand-up, he's better than Habib. Um, on the ground, um, very similar in, in Habib's ability to, to grapple and wrestle, right? He's very good. To put him up against someone who's so tall and lanky and uh, well-rounded like Dan Hooker, you know, that's going to be really interesting to see what Islam's ability is to deal with adversity and deal for a longer, lanky opponent. Because for Dan Hooker to make lightweight, I have no idea. I don't know how idea how he made featherweight. Um, Dan's a beast. Dan Dan doesn't really give a shit. Um, if they've already made it clear that city kickboxing, they're all going to be like moving over to America and things like that, make it a little bit easier on their fight career because New Zealand isn't really giving them the right crack um, compared to other sports and other teams like the All Blacks and that. So they're making it a lot more difficult for you to travel and w- in terms of vouchers and tickets. You can't really 
get back in now for Dan. So he doesn't know how long he's going to be in America. He's essentially he's essentially left his family in New Zealand in order to fight. So yeah. And, and to fight someone that no one really wants to fight against. Yeah, he's a, he's a beast. He's got balls of steel and he doesn't give a fuck. He really doesn't. He doesn't give a shit. So he he was on a little bit of a skid. Uh he you know he he's beat his he, his opponent Nazrat and then following that right the day after he's gone, yeah, I'll fight Islam and they're going to fight very shortly. So I'm fucking I, I'm s- I, I love watching Islam fight regardless. And I love watching Dan fight. So this is a dream mashup for me. I still wanted to see maybe Dan Hooker versus Tony Ferguson or f- Tony Ferguson versus oh, Islam Markachev. That would be fucking sick. That'd be fucking sick. But no one can get a hold of Tony right now. Apparently. He's gone. Uh, he's gone silent. He's gone off the rails. What I think might be going on with Tony is Tony might be waiting because the Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor fight that's not going to happen for a while, no. right? It's not going to happen. Uh, Dustin's going to be fighting uh, Charles Oliveira. Tony's on a bit of a skid. I think Tony is probably going to wait till Conor fight, can fight and he's mm. able-bodied to fight. Yeah. Because um, Conor McGregor versus Tony Ferguson, like that, that's a fucking good fight. That's a really, really good fight. Um, and, and that's an interesting fight. So I think that might be what Tony's waiting for. Probably that's why he's a bit, you know, <laughs> not available um, but I, I think Dan Hooker versus Islam Mark Cheb is a fucking brilliant fight by Sean Shelby and yeah. yeah that's fucking sick I just got a feeling like Tony Ferguson is right now in the Shaolin Temple and they're just using all the magical orbs to like heal him oh and all that sort of stuff you know and then uh, <laughs> and then he's like doing kung fu in the backyard and his trainers like have to travel for days and all that to finally meet him and travel up the thousand steps and it's just Tony Ferguson just meditating at the top. Right. And like, Tony, it's time. Who knows what Tony's doing, to Yeah, who knows what Tony's doing. Uh, you know, he's running some underground street fight club right now. It's yeah. Either way. But one thing I wanted to put on about, um, put out there about this whole Islamic Kachif and Dan Hooker fight is that this is the best thing right now that both fighters can get. Yeah. The lightweight division's a little bit held up. It's a bit of a me- It's not a mess, but it's a little bit held up because you've got Charles Oliveira, Fighting Dustin Poirier, and then you got Michael. Which Chandler got confirmed yesterday? Huh? Got confirmed yesterday as yeah. well. There you go. And then we got Michael Chandler fighting Justin Gagey. But Neil Darush is taking time off because of his family, and then nobody can find Tony. And then you got Markachev fifth. And then well, the other thing is, I wanted to point out really quickly was I honestly believe that in the future. I'm not skipping ahead of myself, regardless of whenever, he, whenever who wins this fight between Dan Hooker and Islam. But I was thinking to myself, how how good would it be if we saw Benel Darush fight Islam Makhachev? Yeah, that'd be a fucking cool fight. But it gets it gets really difficult there because Darush isn't going to put his name in the hat very easily because a lot of fighters at lightweight and and welterweight they've all got the same manager. Mm. It's all Ali. So really? Ali, yeah, oh, Ali. yeah. Really, who's under Ali though? Benel, Benel. Um, you've got Islam. You got, you got Kamaru. You've got all, all these big names at fucking uh, at lightweight and welterweight. The real matchups that you really want to see, they're not going to happen. Not easily, mm-hmm. at least because, uh, isn't J- Justin Gaethje? He's under, mm-hmm. um. He's under whatchamacallit? Uh is is it Dominance? Dominance MMA? Which is um Ali's management company. Didn't Ali also manage Khabib? Habib, uh Henry Cejudo, uh Kayla Harrison, um Daniel Cormier. Wow. Okay. Oh yeah, and he's got uh Giga. Giga Chikatsi. He's he uh, does he have Zabit? He might have Zabit. Who just came? He's actually coming back. Really? Sabit's coming back. Is it confirmed? He's confirmed by Mark Henry's coach. Oh, that's great to hear. So that that's a fucking sick fight to see as well. Yeah. Get well, Sabit. I mean, the, the the thing is with these fighters is that they're the ones we want to come back is because he's a guy like Sabit hasn't done anything wrong. That guy's clean. He looks after himself. You know, <laughs> takes care of himself. Takes care of his family. You know, constantly training. And then we got some fighters who just. You know, when they get famous, they just don't know how to handle the fame. And some Jones. fighters do really well. Yeah, John Jones. <laughs> Finally, we get to talk about John Jones. Yeah. Uh, 
let's just give. Uh, I got two things before we get started um, on this whole situation. I want you to close your eyes and imagine a scenario right now. You're in the club, and Nick on one side of you. You, you know, just imagine a club, you got flashing lights, you got girls dancing, you got everyone having fun, you got everyone a good time, you got the DJ booming, people pouring drinks. You're sitting in the couch in the VIP section. And then you got to your left, you have John Jones. And to your right, you have Conor McGregor. Mm. And in front of you on a table, you have a mountain of cocaine and ecstasy. What do you do? <laughs> What's your thoughts? <laughs> um, you can't. Run. You're not going to run far because you got John Jones's chokehold. He's going to get you. You can't say no because no one says no. no John, John, John Jones is he's busy. John <laughs> Jones he's he's too busy spinning el spinning elbowing his wife. Um, <laughs> so imagine that though. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Well, with John Jones, like uh, the main, there's a big question. There's a big question with John Jones is that should he be cut? And my opinion is no. My opinion is no, because the UFC is not going to do that. No. Why? If they say, they they cut him, Bellator will take him, one would take him, PFL would take him. You're, John Jones has never been a massive draw compared to like Conor and things mm. like that. But he's not terrible, right? No. His fight against Rash, Rashad Evans, Daniel Cormier, one and two. Those were pretty heavy grossing uh, mm -hmm. pay-per-views. They weren't that big. I think the max, the Daniel Cormier two one was like 800,000 buys, which mm -hmm. is not bad. It's not uh, Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor two or three, which was, I think, 1.5 million buys. Mm -hmm. But it's not bad. It's not bad in terms of pay-per-views. Um, like John, John would go elsewhere. If that's the case, mm. um, and if he had to go to heavyweight and yeah, bulldoze to Ryan Bader or something like that, then yeah, he would. With John, the best way to punish him is to hold him under UFC contract mm. so that he can't go anywhere, can't break Correct. off that contract. And people say, "Oh, well, he's got to be offered a fight, right? It's got to be offered a fight." Yeah, he can yeah. be offered. He's, well, he's going to be offered something soon. Well, his contract well, means he needs to be offered three fights a year, yeah. right? Well, not even that, but he just needs to get in, get his head straight with the whole law. I mean, he put out like a weird tweet saying... Pictures with his wife and yeah, shit. Yeah, this is what I needed. This is what I need to get myself back to, back in shape. I'll get my act together. You know, nothing's impossible, that sort of stuff. And there's photos of him training in the gym. That's, that's from... You know those like videos of him benching and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's from ages ago. Oh, okay. Someone has actually tweeted that out for him. Oh, okay. Uh, put that out on Instagram for him while he was still in in jail. So I don't know what's gone. So, but he had to tell someone to actually put that in a caption. Yeah. Um, they released his mugshot though. Uh, it's him just pretty much almost smiling. Yeah, probably don't do that. Uh, don't smile in your mugshot, mate. Especially after that shit. Um, with with John, what what I was trying to say was that like with. The best way to punish him is to keep him under UFC contract. And people say, well, he can still be offered fights. Yeah, they'll just offer him fucking stupid fights. Mm -hmm. They'd ask him to go fight an unranked heavyweight fight and he's going to go, no, I don't want to do that. And then he'll be like, okay, cool. We'll wait four more months and we'll, se we'll send you another one just like that. Mm -hmm. And that's the best way to punish Jones. Um, it, he's clearly, not only has he done something very bad, uh, which is family's kind of, denying um i mean innocent till proven guilty right mm -hmm. but there's a lot of questions um the best way at this point to punish jones now that they are public traded company and have a reputation to uphold dane is probably going to hold on to jones so he doesn't go anywhere keep him under leash but he's not going to give him the matchups he wants and that keeps john jones in limbo um, John shouldn't be cut, but he should be. While while this whole law and jail stuff and court stuff mm -hmm. allegations are going on, they'll keep him under lock and key. Yeah. What it's doing, it's doing two things. The first one is is further damaging what was his amazing reputation as being one of the greatest fighters of all time. 
They couldn't help himself. Yeah. We're getting in the law. Yeah. And his yeah. biggest enemy is always himself at the end of the day. Yep. The second thing, this makes it look like uh, it's kind of damaging the time that he should be, like, you know, training in the gym. He shouldn't be out there partying all the time, you know, especially when he's trying to get up to heavyweight yep. and to fight guys who are much more bigger and powerful than him. And he's risking that all because, like you said earlier on, if he gets uh, a fight against an unranked fighter and John Jones doesn't take it seriously, and then finally the, the fight comes around, and then what if he loses because he didn't take it seriously because of all the shit that was going on? Then his reputation is even more further lost. And not even that, but the the guy who went through all those all those years of being at the top of like heavyweight division all of a sudden and has a couple of years off and then goes to the heavyweight division and then fights for fights unranked heavyweight opponent that again just further um further he gives it so it gives him so much more to lose and it further like damages his reputation if i were i mean i wouldn't want them john jones them to cut john jones but i never i really think it was never really the best idea for him to leave the light heavyweight division to vacate the belt in the first place because of the massive jump up in weight yeah. from light heavyweight to heavyweight and there's no in-between weight class he did have to take the time off to build his body up and what he's trying to do is he's trying to do what Izzy didn't do acclimate to the division right he's trying to acclimate and he's trying to do a bit he's doing a lot of weight training not so much martial art training but I think it was a good idea for him to leave and he was probably left at the right time to be honest but to take that amount of time off has its cons as well, which means the rest of the division is going to keep moving while you're stagnant. Mm. And by then, their train is very far ahead of you and your skill and your attributes are not the same at a heavier weight class. You know, you don't have the length that you did in the reach that you used to have. So with, with John Jones, I, I don't know what you do now. I think you kind of just wait for all these things to play out in the court, um, see what kind of... Most likely he's going to have an interview or something like that and you'll get a little bit more information on the situation because there's a, little f- a few conflicting uh, facts going on in terms of, you know, police, r- the audio. Do you hear the police audio? Yeah, it's very It's interesting. fucking horrible Weird. to hear. It's fucking horrible to hear though from a, the security guard, mate. So it's, it's, it's brutal. Like 11, well, what was it? 11 uh, title defenses, six arrests. <laughs> the, the the UFC doesn't really want to. Yeah, that's fine. They, they'll they'll keep them around. Yeah, but now that they're a publicly traded company, fuck yeah. you! Don't don't get in the yeah, way of your own career. Yeah, he does man. that. He goes to someone like Bellator. I mean, Bellator is literally going to send their entire year's budget on his one fight. Oh yeah, they probably they would love to pump. They'll probably gas him up with all that money. Oh, uh, they gas him up and they'll send him the best fighter. And so when he they'll uh, let him take if, cocaine before the fight. Well, and the. They'll let him take cocaine before the fight. They'll hope he loses because that means it elevates Bellator. For sure. Yeah. I, I just don't know what you do with John Jones. He's really fucked it again. He's really fucked it again. I just, yeah. I'm just i so confused how he does it. Well, one thing I'm actually pretty fu- for finding pretty hilarious is when I sent you that meme and it's Daniel Cormier lying in bed smiling at his phone. And it's Daniel Cormier when he hears John Jones got arrested again. He kind of saw the downfall of him. I think the person that saw it before Dan was Rashad. Yeah. Rashad in the lead up of their fight said, John, I know who you are. I know who you are really, right? I know this is an act. I know who you are really, right? When you fall, you will fall. And and for me, when you look back at that, you're like, fuck. He called yeah. it before anything. The steroid organization, uh, accusations, the hitting the pregnant lady and running away. Although yeah. he did come back for his bong, didn't he? Um <sighs> Yeah, he's he's an interesting cat. Had all the athletic ability in the world, and he seems to piss it away like a lot of fighters. But you'd think someone so great like that, physically and mentally in the in the octagon, you really would think he wouldn't fuck it up. And the real people that kind of lose is not really John Jones; it's his family, which is horrible. So with John, I uh, final thoughts would be: yeah, don't cut him. Keep him on a leash. Let it play out. Have a little bit more information. Innocent until proven guilty, but fuck, it's just a disappointing situation, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's fucking horrible. Um, Paddy Pimlet. Him and Jared uh, Flash Gordon, they've verbally agreed to fire. Jared in his 
After his, oh, you're right. Uh, Jared, after his fight, actually called him out and said, you know, um, I want Paddy. I want Paddy because he's getting a lot more hype and things like that. And that's been verbally agreed. Paddy is one of those guys who's, yeah, let's fucking go. Anyone. Yeah, I mean, we'll interesting matchup. Because Jared's on a free fight winning streak now. Mm-hmm. Um, both are unranked. And it's not like they're going to give Paddy a ranked fighter anytime soon. Paddy's just coming to the UFC right now as he sort of exploded after his uh, win. Mm. Fuck, he's got chunky though. Yeah, oh, he's got fast fuck. No, he, he loves his fast food apparently. Yeah, he loves his burgers and shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fun who doesn't? Uh, but <laughs> you're a professional athlete. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe all those fancy sponsors have been like inviting him out to dinners, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Maybe that's what's going on. Maybe I think he likes to get a bit fat in between camps. Probably like a. Daniel Cormier or something like that. They oh, like to get okay. a little bit chunky in between camps and then cut down in between. Mm. I think a lot of fight like Habib. Habib does that all the time. Fucking eats. Mm. You can see him now. He's big now. Yeah, he's probably light heavyweight at the moment. Yeah, I've noticed that as well. Light heavyweight Habib now. He's doing a lot of work. He's doing a lot of work here and there though. He's. I mean, he's still coaching a lot. Apparently, he's undefeated as a coach. Yeah, always fight it. You know, there's a lot of videos of him. There's a little interview of a moment of him and George St. Pierre. And then I thought that was cute when uh, George St. Pierre tried to come up behind him and try and choke him out. And then He's been doing a lot of soccer stuff, actually. Yeah. Manchester United and all the bits and pieces like that. Well, we, we talked about in a video before that he wanted to buy um, he wanted to buy a football team. Yeah, he also wanted to buy a place in a uh, like a third-tier Russian team or something yeah, like that. And yeah, and he wants to become one of the football players there. I mean, okay, good for him. Good for Khabib, but... I can see, yeah, definitely see how much his weight's grown up since his... Some fighters like Paddy, they just like to fucking eat, be- eat a lot in between camps and I don't blame them. If, you're, if your fight camp is like eight or ten weeks and you are a foodie, like yeah. you love fucking eating and you have to... Because Paddy's got a nutritionist and that's why he gets fucking yeah. diced before his, his fights, right? He looks like a completely different person, right? And, and fair play fighters like to... If you've got three fights a year... And, you know, that's how many weeks of your life you're not going to get back and you're not going to be able to eat the things you enjoy. Yeah, not even that, oh. but he has to go through things like Ramadan as well where he has to, like, literally starve himself. Oh, Habib, yeah. Yeah. So understand why he's now eating all this food that he gets to eat because probably for the most of about half of his life he's always been watching what he eats, especially when he's Watching his weight, yeah. Yeah, because he had to. We remember that we've always had times talks about his weight cutting because I remember that time when we... Uh, we, we talked about when Khabib was forced into hospitalization because of, like, severe dehydration because of the yeah. weight cuts before yeah. that Conor McGregor fight. Mm-hmm. Even before that, he had trouble missing weight and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, back back to Paddy, though. Like, with Paddy Pimblett versus Jared Gordon, what do you think of the matchup? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can see a great... I mean, I want it... I mean, it's good for Paddy. Just I hope with Paddy, whether they don't get do what they did to him with... Um, Till... Sean and other previous, uh, you know, hype trains, you know, but they just keep him fighting against the small guys and give them, or so they push him too early and then they yeah. fight someone big and someone out of their depth. But Paddy's a very unusual case because he turned down the UFC when he was younger. Mm-hmm. So he spent all this time getting ready for this moment. So maybe if they do push him, it's not too much of a bad idea. Yeah, he's grown. He's. But yeah. if he beats um, Jared Gordon, I reckon he'll probably give him a ranked opponent after that just because of probably. how much they want to push him. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, but great matchup, though. Great matchup. Both explosive fighters. Um, I, I, so this has been coming up in the past week, and I wanted to get your comments on it, mate. Um, Joe Rogan, he's been under fire a bit because uh, UFC 266, he wasn't... Usually he only comes out for the big UFC... Uh, cards and things like that he doesn't do the commentary for UFC fight nights um, and he, over the past couple of years he's been doing less and less as he's moved to Texas and that he's done less and less commentary um, and when he was absent and they put out oh you, Joe Rogan's not going to be here it opened up the question right how good is Joe Rogan as a comment uh, as a one of the com- commentary staff right well, out of all the panel he's been there the longest yeah exactly and he's been there since since he was a young man right um, doing it as unpaid labor through Dana. Mm-hmm. Uh, before he was ever a paid commentary, he was doing it for free. He just wanted to be there. Now with Joe, a lot of people, uh, and it's been a big thing in the last couple of weeks at least, 
a lot of people have been saying, uh, you know, he's got very biased commentary. He's not a good, uh, uh, he's not very good at in terms of you know talking about the fights and things like that. Mm. He's very annoying. Um, I prefer you know Michael Bisping, da da da, Daniel Cormier. They have better things to say. Joe Rogan repeats himself. They they make all types of different opinions out and saying that he's not very good and that he shouldn't he shouldn't be a commentator anymore. And a lot of people like Michael Bisping, Daniel Cormier have actually came out and said, look. He's one of the best to ever do it. You know, John Anik has gone out and said, like, he's very, very good. Mm-hmm. I don't see what you guys are saying. And it seems to be a bandwagon that everyone's jumping on is Joe Rogan sucks. He's a bad commentator. That's why he doesn't come on anymore. Um, well, there was times where the people had to go at him because they believe that his commentary um, has been questionable because... Well, 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 I don't think there's anything... I defend him and I think there's anything about it. I'm just trying to maybe understand two sides of the coin there i mean there, there were times when people were having to go at joe rogan and john anik and the commentary team when i think it was jennifer meyer fought um amanda numez because mm. amanda numez absolutely smashed jennifer yeah. meyer and then they were just saying oh yeah they were having they was congratulating jennifer on her toughness when she wasn't even she was getting absolutely small smothered you know there was that, and then there was the whole situation which Joe had with Cyborg as well, and Dana. In terms of, like, questioning his commentary, I don't think it's bad at all. I think it's the best you're ever going to get, really. I mean... I, each commentator brings something different. Like, yeah. Daniel Cormier, he brings the wrestling uh, ability, and he's very accurate in how he explains yeah. body locks and things like that. Michael Bisping, very interesting in terms of, you know... Um, He's in terms of like game plans and things yeah. like that, explaining technique, what you should do to get out of certain positions. You've got John Anik. He's not so much as uh, accurate with his martial arts knowledge, mm-hmm. but it's more that he's been there for a long time. He he's understands stuff and he's he's got energy. Yeah. He's fucking, he's professional as it gets. He's good at his reactions. He's good with his words and he's good with his interviews as well. And DC, then we got DC, you know, he's, he's pretty, pretty solid as well. Um, I've always felt like I never see enough of Paul Felder these days. You know? Paul Felder's good. Yeah. I think yeah, Paul Felder's very good. Surprisingly good at that sort of stuff. I also didn't believe that we get to see enough of um, Dominic Cruz as well. Dominic Cruz is very, very good, especially like when he comes to explain the boxing yep. and the footwork and all that. Uh, yeah, just it's it's a weird it's a weird um, position to have going. It's not like Joe needs to do it. He doesn't need to do it. He's got millions and millions and millions of dollars off his podcast. Mm. He's touring around America doing comedy gigs in sold out uh, places with fucking Dave Chappelle. Yeah. He does those UFC commentary events because he loves it. Yeah, he just loves being there and he's done it for such a long time. Mm -hmm. I I think with Joe is he brings something different that each commentator doesn't bring. I think, I think, um, I mean, Dan and Michael are very good at jiu-jitsu and, and bisping has a few things to say but i i quite enjoy listening to joe rogan explain some of the some of the transitions with with in terms of brazilian jiu-jitsu on the ground um and he's got a lot of energy that you know is very similar to john annex you know he he brings something different that the other commentators don't have and i think uh he's commentated the most out of anyone He's probably done like two. He hasn't just done the UFC. He's done other fights that he's commentated, kickboxing fights and that. So he's been doing it for such a long time. He's probably done over two thousand fights, commentary wise. So if anyone's got the most experience and shouldn't be under fire for his commentary, it's him. But it's interesting to f- see that it became a bit of a trend as of late in the last two weeks, and I don't really understand why. I don't really understand. Maybe it was just a funny thing to say, but I don't really understand it. I'll be honest. I don't really yeah, understand. I mean, uh, if I think like, people just want something to complain about. Maybe, maybe so. I feel like people just so a little bit too. I mean, MMA fans are just can be very, very uh, have that mob mentality these days. It can be very he- overly cri- critical, volatile, and, yeah, all the time. And it's just it's a rough, rough culture that they're a part of. You know, it's a little bit cutthroat. But again, the final say. I mean, it can jump on either side very fast. Yeah. I mean, I don't think people, how many people out there under wish they were in Joe Rogan's position as well. To have that much of a following, to have that kind of a job, to have that many, to make that much money. Maybe it's a jealousy thing. Yeah, that's what I honestly think, you know, and people want that spot that he's in. Yeah, I can understand that for sure. Because if, if, I mean, it's a big spot to be in and if you don't take it and run with it, 
Well, that's on you. And the last thing oh, I'm going to mention of taking running is this Sunday we finally have one of the greatest deciders, so the greatest heavyweight boxing matches ever between Tyson Fury and Delta Wilder. This is the third year. This is the third and final fight. It's been delayed due to Tyson's camp getting COVID. Yeah. Oh, no, Tyson got the COVID. Uh, and now <laughs> it's finally going to happen. Now, one thing i got to say real quick is, did you watch the video of Deontay Wilder saying, okay, Tyson Fury, I hope you're going to fight like your life depends on it because your life does depend on it. I hope you're training hard. I hope you're there for being there for game day. And it's like a ma- message to him. And it's like, mm. you know, it's trying to make it look a little professional. And then Tyson just responds, I'm going to smash your teeth in, you fucking prick. How's that for a message? <laughs> and I loved it. So good. Uh, what's your thoughts on sun- Sunday? What do you think is going to happen? Tyson's going to smash him. Tyson will smash I him. I agree. I agree. I don't... To be honest, it's like anything, right? If you don't admit something's happened, you can't really face it head on and then change it and mm-hmm. then grow from it. Yeah, In order to grow from something, you have to admit that it happened. Admit what what should have happened, what you didn't do, and then move on and grow from it. Mm. He's done none of that, right? Deontay has not done any of that. He's He lost in that first fight. Let's be real. He lost in that fight. He got outboxed. For some reason, that became a draw, right? Mm. Second fight, Tyson smashed him, right? And he made so many excuses. And he believes these excuses because if he believes, if he, if he doesn't believe it, he'd break down, mm-hmm. Right, he's got to keep fueling his confidence because that's why a fighter needs to have confidence, confidence. And he's got a lot of yes men around him, just yeah. like any boxer, saying, you know, yeah, you're telling the truth, Dante. Yeah. Don't fuck this guy, right? Yeah. You know what? I believe that as well because there's like videos of him training on the internet. There's a video of him doing the bench press, yeah, and it's the worst technique I've ever seen. Oh yeah, it's just ah, I know he's a boxer, yeah, I know, but. When I was watching that, I was like, Ugh. it was, it was bad. Like, it was almost cringeworthy. And all these like mates are hyping him up, and he's like, "Y'all just jealous." Yeah, well, just like, yeah. W- with Deontay, like he didn't admit that he lost fair and square. Yeah. Like let, let's list the excuses he made. Yeah. Right, poisoned by his own staff, his own trainer, his own trainer, which he got rid of because he he literally saved you years of fucking trauma. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Or years off your life. He's, he's literally added years on your life, mate. All right. He's He said uh, Tyson had tampered gloves, like loaded gloves. Yeah. Um, he said, like he he said egg, egg weights in it. Egg weights, yeah. Egg weights in it. Uh, he said the suit was uh, 20 kilos and he had no legs as soon as he got in there, even though he's also admitted he wears a 20 kilo weight vest during the entire uh, of camp. Like, what else are you going to say, mate? He said that his uh, he said that his shorts were a bit too tight. He said he had some bad food the night before, which he believed was poisoned. He um, he also thought that Tyson removed the padding in his gloves. Yeah. There was just a list of things that I heard. And I was just like, Stop. oh god, it's just ridiculous. You know, it's what crazy. Mean? It's crazy because then when he, you know, he's obviously burst his eardrum getting yeah. a shot. You got a shot from a heavyweight. No shit. Yeah. Right? As, especially when you're outweighed by him. Tyson completely outboxed him on the night as well. There wasn't even... Well, outboxed him in the first fight. Yeah. I mean, it was just... He's he got, got his, n- he's he got his number. He found his holes in his game. Tyson was just too quick. It was too skilled. He had br- brilliant footwork. And the thing is, in that whole time, Tyson's just gotten better and better and better. And, you know, he's... Completely zoned out of social media. He took it seriously. He's been in shitloads of training. You know, there's a few videos that I'll forgive him for. He put out calling Jake Paul with his uh, family, which was a bit weird. But um, I'll forgive. I'll forgive him. I'll forgive him for that. <laughs> but uh, one person that I think is absolutely mental is his dad, Tom. Uh, I love John Fury. John Fury. John. Fury. He called out David Hay. Yeah. What really? Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday. And then he's like, he doesn't give a shit about where I will meet you in your backyard and we'll have a fight. And John Fury's huge. John mm. Fury's like six foot eight, six foot nine. He's like massive. He's a big lad. He's, he's like big 50, he's 56. Big. Yeah, his whole family's massive. Yeah, he, he called out, um, he's kind of just like an older clone of yeah. Tyson. I mean, he's, he called out David Hay. Because yeah. David Hay was talking shit to Tyson. He said, you've got no business calling it. How, do, how does he speak? You got no business. To, how does he do that grumble? In the oh voice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the with that the the English accent. 
He's like got a um, it's almost like he's got a uh, cold, or like smokers, yeah. smokers cough or something like that. Yeah, but he says I don't smoke, I don't drink. Uh, I go to bed at ten p.m. I'll fight you, your dosser. Like yeah, like that's know? it. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, and it was weird for him to call out David Hay. It'll never happen, but you know, um, they're they're nutters. The Fury family are fucking nuts. Yeah, they all are. Um, the most chill one is probably Tommy. Yeah. Um, but the rest of them are all they're all fucking nutcases. Yeah. And that's because they've they've been fighting for ages. That's their bloodline, that's what they do. They've been doing it since they were young. Deontay found the sport. He's got a great story. Yeah. He did it for his sick daughter. He came in at uh twenty one years old. Yeah, yeah. Twenty, twenty one years old. Like he's found the sport very very uh, very late, right? Mm-hmm. And he's obviously incredibly genetically gifted for mm-hmm. him to make it this far. Incredibly. Because he's got the gift of God, which is just dynamite power. Mm-hmm. That is one of the greatest knockout punch, punching power I've ever seen. Right? Mm-hmm. That And that and that's the thing with this fight. Tyson, Tyson just needs to keep doing what he's doing. Be light on his feet. Keep moving around. And he, he needs to continue to work with his footwork and push Deontay. Because Deontay... From what you can see is Deontay just keeps sharpening his offensive power and his offensive stuff. That was never his issue. Mm-hmm. It w- his issue was if you pushed him back, he crumbled, mm-hmm. right? If you pushed him on the back foot, he got really tired because that's what happens. If you get a lot of pressure and you're always moving backwards instead of forwards, it does go through a lot more energy and you get tired, which is why he got tired in the fight. He's not sharpening his defense, which is what? Tyson took advantage of put him on the back foot pressured him bullied him with that uh, with that new style of his right he just he bullied him pressured him he was heavier than him so he could weigh put his weight on him put it, your hand on the back of his, on his head when you get into the clinch push him down bully him mm-hmm. and that's what he did and made him fucking tired you're not just holding your own weight you're holding Tyson's weight and fucking tired Tyson's fucking massive mm-hmm. Deontay is just seems to be sharpening his offensive style instead of working on defense instead of working on how to actually deal with tyson when he pressures you right he's not doing that mm-hmm. he's got a lot of people around him saying you know yeah i agree with you all these excuses that you bring out they're real they're real he did poison you your trainer fuck that trainer he was terrible yeah. he's got all these people around that's not really giving the right, right advice and i understand it because you're a fighter if you if you told him the truth he'd fucking crumble mm-hmm. right but I don't think... Deontay could still win this fight, right? He could. There's a likely chance because he's got that dynamite in his hands. He's got power unlike any other preposterous amounts of power. But he'll still win. that one shot. If he just cracks him with that one shot, then... But Tyson Fury is known for getting up with those shots, so... He, t- he took his best in the second fight. Yeah. It's just... Uh, as long as Tyson's got legs underneath him... Yeah. He'll be fine. Yeah. I think Tyson will dance around him. I don't know if this will be another knockout, to be honest. He'll I think it will be a decisive victory for Tyson. I feel like he's just going to constantly outbox him, walk around him. Unless Deontay Wilder changes up his game. I just don't think he has. I just uh, Even if he does, and I know he will show improvement... I just don't think it's enough to beat Tyson. No. He's, uh, Tyson's got the attributes. He's, he came yeah. to the sport early on, long, limber. He's got footwork that Deontay will never have. He's yeah. got... And no, he doesn't have the power that Wilder has, but he can... He's got the volume. He's got the volume, and that will crush you. Yeah. And in the clinch, he's bigger and taller and heavier. Yeah. Deontay gives up so much weight. Yeah. Tyson, he likes to be a bit more heavy. He performs better when he's got a bit more weight on him. Yeah. And, you know, he's known for his toughness as well. He's known for... His swiftness and defensive style, and he can fight going backwards. Fight going forward. Very stiff jab, very quick. I mean, oh, I mean, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited because where is it taking place in Abu Dhabi? Uh, where is it? Is it in Vegas? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know to be honest. I know it's going down Sunday, but I'm not sure what time it's going to be going um, down here in Perth. It might be Vegas. It might because it's a it's an actual crowd. Yeah. It's, an, it's a proper crowd. I'm not too sure. I'll have to check. But for me, I think actually, I think Tyson will knock him out. Yeah. I think TKO within ten rounds. Yeah. I, I think, think Tyson by decision. Really? Yeah. I, I think I think Tyson. Will, I think he, you've got his number. Yeah. By two two fights, and I firmly believe he won that first fight. Right. Yeah. 
He's got his number. Deontay, I just don't think Deontay is like, he hasn't changed. I, don't, I can't see any reasons why he's changed. If you haven't even admitted that you lost and you lost fair and square, how can you grow and transform as a fighter? Yeah. I just don't understand it, dude. Yeah. And I don't get it. So, well, your prediction is that it'll be Fury by decision? Fury by decision, yeah. Cross 12 rounds. Yeah. It's a do. long time. I do. I do. I do because I don't feel like because I feel like Deontay's gonna increase his defensive style a little bit more better and his counters and his guard. He's not gonna let Tyson um because Deontay knows what's at stake now. He knows what was at stake in the last fight and how uh, Fury just found the holes in his game and he made him bleed. You know does he mean? think that though? Yeah. But does he actually think that? He's, he thinks Tyson didn't do it. He thinks the suit did that. He thinks the poison did that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not that legit. Is a valid point? You're legit. right. You're bringing up he, valid points. He doesn't think Tyson did it. He thinks the only reason Tyson won was because yeah. of other factors, not Tyson's ability. He thinks that if, Dion, if that fight happened with none of these other external factors yeah. that are imaginary, right? He th Deontay thinks he's unbeatable. Yeah. If he's un if he feels that he's unbeatable and he has the power to knock out any man, which he does, yeah. right? If he feels he's unbeatable, he doesn't need a change. Yeah. Why change? Yeah. You're already fucking better than everyone. Because he threw out his trainer, so I'm guessing there's going to be just a little... There's going to be some change. There's going to be a little bit of change, but I don't think it's going to be enough. Just a little bit. Negligible? Yeah. Negligible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. That's all is going to be, and that's going to be going down on this Sunday. And then next time we meet, hopefully we can talk about that. Uh, guys, thanks for listening. That was a great episode, by the way. Now, if you want to support the podcast, you can go head over to our web, uh, head over to our YouTube channel at Last Save Podcast. Like, subscribe. Don't forget to leave a comment on the video. Let us know what topics you want to fight. It's rare for people to do that these days. Um, Normally we can get a little bit of hate comments. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, <coughs> yeah. Also, if you want to support the podcast, go on to buymeacoffee.com uh, forward slash last set podcast. Mm. Uh, yeah. Follow us on socials. Hemcam uh, Labs. Discount yep. oh. code 10% off with LSP for all of their products, CBD oil, gummies, all that good stuff. Okay. Yep. Have a good day, guys. Catch up. All the best. Bye. Bye. -bye.